Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am thrilled that you are here. I have an amazing guest today, Dr. Joe Johnson. Papa Joe, as he is known by so many, is in the house today. Joe has a doctorate of ministry from Fuller Seminary. He teaches on pastoral care and counseling, and he teaches inner healing. He's been a pastor for 45 years. We had an amazing conversation. Joe just carries the love of the Father in such a sweet, powerful way. And you're going to hear someone who received a touch and a healing and some freedom from the Lord, and now is used by God in profound, beautiful ways to bring that healing to others. So sit back, find a comfortable place and really listen to this because I really think we're in a season that that it's time. It's time for healing. It's time to address some things we haven't been willing to address. It's time to let the Holy Spirit in to those corners that need healing and freedom so that we can be the church, so that we can demonstrate the kingdom and the love of the Father to a broken and hurting world. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode and this conversation with Papa Joe in the sacred space. Welcome, Papa Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Glad Thank to be you. here. Thank you for being here. Thank I you. I'm so excited that you're here, and this is one of the first times we've actually met in person. I think I've seen you at a couple of right. Soul Shepherding right. Christmas parties. I work with an organization called Soul Shepherding, and they provide training and care and resources for pastors and leaders. And, and I'm on the board for social. Oh, you're training. on the board. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you've worked with them and you've mm-hmm. poured into Bill and Christy and yeah. vice versa. And, yeah. um, you <clears throat> and I got to do a webinar for soul shepherding. You, um, presented and spoke and taught and ministered through a webinar yes, on, uh, healing heart wounds. Yep. And it was my favorite, uh, Colleen, uh, who's on staff, and I <laughs> afterwards were like, we love Papa oh, Joe. thank you. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to invite you and get to know you more and let um, our audience and our listeners hear your heart and the ministry that, and the things mm. that God does in and through you, hear your story, and um, I would hope receive some maybe healing and I, I believe it. encouragement I and care. So... I started asking you about yourself before we started recording, and then I said, stop, I want to record this. So tell us about sure. Papa Joe. Yeah, so I grew up in a little town in Canton, South Dakota. I'm the youngest of eight children, the first one born in a hospital. Oh, so, youngest uh, of eight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, we were very much a Lutheran family, and as I was sharing early, somewhere along the line, it became sort of Lutheran. <laughs> so, uh, though I went to a Lutheran high school, Lutheran college, Lutheran Bible school, Lutheran seminary. Wow. And then I interned in the Lutheran Holy Land of Norway. I don't know if you've heard that. No. A lot of Lutherans in Norway. But anyway, so I am a kingdom person, especially after mm. having been with John Wimber uh, at the Fuller Seminary. Oh, wow, yeah. In the 80s, I discovered that there was a seminary in the world that offered a healing course, and you won't find many. Yeah. Well. And so uh, and then he teaches, he taught in the kingdom, and so I see I'm a kingdom person. Yeah. Apprentice of Jesus. And mm. My job description is different in different ways. 
I'm in the elder stage of maturity. I mean, I mean, I'm semi-retired, but the elder stage of maturity, my job description is to be a free agent of joy. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I shared that. So I'm a, to spread joy. Yeah. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so that's a good way. I got a start there. Yeah. Uh, there are many things I could share. My own healing and actually my, I call it a sacred wound that shaped my ministry was the death of my father when I was seven. Hmm. And I think that our biggest gifts come out of our biggest wounds. Mm, it's good, yeah. yeah. And so <clears throat> I didn't know that I had a father wound hmm. until I was, you know, 20 years later. I was teaching a class on death and dying, five stages of dying. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> started. I wrote a letter to my dad, things I'd like to have shared with him, hmm. and shared in the class. And we all did that, <clears throat> excuse me, as a part of the assignment. And um, And then I got in touch with some things that I was missing in my hmm. life. Yeah, and, that's good. And you know, we don't know what we're missing because we didn't ever have them. Right. It's called a wound of absence. Hmm. And, uh, but that's my, you know, that's my heart's passion. But I think now, also recently, it is to spread joy. Hmm. And um, I have a network of people all over the world in a way that in some ways I, I kind of see myself as a, Facebook pastor, because <laughs> <laughs> I can, and I'm I'm a pastor. You yeah. mentioned you're a pastor. It's kind of like we don't get to change that. I think yeah, that's a calling, and uh, so I am grateful because I don't have a congregation that I serve. But the ministry that we started, you know, 15 years ago, but or maybe 10 years ago when I went half time at this church I was serving in Huntington Beach, and so then I could do this kind of ministry more. Yeah. And um, I would love, yeah, I would love for you to share uh, your story a little bit and unpack that. I, I think that's really powerful that you said, you know, we don't know what we're missing mm-hmm. because we've missed it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's something really significant. And, and it's powerful because I think God's kindness towards us is such that he won't reveal those things really until we're ready. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I think that's his love and his loving yeah. kindness. And, uh, yeah, I've got a lot I could share on that, too. But, yeah, right. I would love for you to share your journey and, and what that was like for you, how he brought you to that place of discovery mm. and then that healing you received. Yeah. Jesus is always tender towards our weakness. Mm, and it's kind of like, I mean, think, well, I know that, but I need to know it every day, kind of his tenderness yeah. for our weaknesses. But I, I started learning about inner healing, let's see, 74, hmm. reading a book by Francis McNutt, and hmm. he was a pioneer, and he, his teaching was healing doesn't just happen in a tent. It happens mm, that everybody good. gets to do ministry. And so I started pursuing prayer, and then in 78, I attended a meeting of Christian therapists. These are charismatic, mainly Catholic charismatics, therapists, doctors, Nurses, priests, nuns doing healing prayer ministry. Okay, I want to stop you right there because this is, I think that it's so easy depending on the the spiritual culture we've been raised in to put Jesus and God and healing in a box. This is what it looks like. And And I think that's one of the beauties of and I think one of the purposes of Jesus healing differently every time he know there's yeah. no because we we want a formula. Yeah. If you are somebody who got saved in the Jesus movement and 
got saved, healed, delivered all in one fell swoop, then you feel like that's how everybody gets healed and you don't have patience for process. If you're someone who got healed through process, but God was present in that, you have a hard time believing that healing could happen fast and immediately. And so we, again, we don't know what we don't know. We're kind of stuck in our own experience, but there's something really powerful. Like I got saved in the Calvary season when in the late eighties, kind of the tail end of the Jesus movement and um, psychology at that time was just considered evil. That's the enemy that is, there's nothing. And I understand that pop psychology, there was some wonky stuff there, but we, I think as humans, we tend to be grand pendulum swingers and we like to throw the baby out with the bathwater if there's something that makes us uncomfortable. So I love the fact that here you are grown up as a Lutheran and then you are in seminary being taught by John Wimber and then you're reading this book and now you're with a bunch of charismatic Catholics That's doing true. healing ministry. And I, I'm, I'm so excited for huh. our listeners to hear that yeah. because again, you know, we can, if we're in the kind of Bethel charismatic world, we think healing happens this way or mm-hmm. it's sozo or it's this, or if we're in a conservative place and God is not a respecter of persons, his spirit's going to move and he's going to meet us because mm. he loves us and his love is pursuing. Right. Yeah. So, he is going to accomplish those things for his people. So mm. I just love that. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt no, you, but I think it's I really like your sharing. I, one way of describing what the Holy Spirit is doing is I think there are different streams. Yeah, uh, Justice and healing. There's, there's a book by Richard Foster on that. But there's an evangelical stream. All of these are Holy Spirit streams, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's an incarnational stream, more of a con- contemplative Prayer stream, yeah. prophetic stream, I suppose a social justice stream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also participated in the Holy Spirit stream uh, early on. When I was 19 years old, had this experience. Hmm. And I, you know, every Sunday at church, I we would confess, we confess a creed called the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. And I believe in Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit didn't come out of the creed a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> to do much. So... Uh, meeting that. Holy Spirit as a person, and I think that's important for our walk. We we get to know each person of the Trinity. Yeah. And the Father, Father's love, and Jesus, uh, apprentices of Jesus, and then I call it best friend of Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, I think we, we tend to gravitate towards the expression that we feel the most comfortable with and we kind of tend to lock the others, uh, keep them at arm's length. Well, yeah, and and everyone, each one has its own charism. Yeah, I think there's a charism in the Catholic Church in the Eucharist and charism of Pentecostal and Holy Spirit, and each one has a special gifting. But healing, it really was good to know that healing is much more than physical healing. There's a healing of emotions, which I taught on. Yeah, that's good. And uh, experience, so... I'm at this conference with Francis McNutt, actually, 1978, and uh, got to know him then and became a good friend. I don't know if you know of his book on healing. It's Mm-mm. way back in the 70s. He was a Dominican priest, great preacher, and he got married and stopped being a priest, and but continued his healing ministry. But So I'm at this meeting, and there's a, there's a medical doctor, a proctologist, and there aren't a whole lot of proctologists left. <laughs> he had some old jokes. I'm not going to tell him. Uh, so anyway, so he's praying. He says, I think you need a healing for a father wound. I said, oh, I had one prayer for that. I'm old. I'm good. Right. <laughs> and so that was really a beginning. Oh, there's a lot more here. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and, and learning about that. And then 
when I'm in Norway, ministering Father's love is really special for me. For example, I go to Norway every summer and teach at a conference, and I spend the whole week uh, just praying with people. One thing I do, for example, is I, if anyone has a, had a father or a mother wound in their life, uh, I have some women come up and minister mother mm-hmm. wounds. And yeah. They come up to them and bless them with mother wounds, and then I, I have other men help me minister a father's wound. Yeah, and a minute healing for a father's wound. So I call that we need second chance dads mm, because that's good. one are <laughs> got to stop that. That's I'm okay. hitting the table. Uh, so one father really, as fathers or mothers, we don't we're not enough to have the fullness of God's father love. So yeah. we need others. Mm-hmm. And I've had many second chance fathers it's in good. my life. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm very grateful for it. So another thing that happened to me, I was in, this was in the 80s. I, when I look at my life, I, each decade I could, I could identify kind of a move of the spirit of my life. Yeah. And the 80s uh, was definitely a, a ministry of healing that I was learning about. So um, I think all of us are gifted. Yeah. Of the spirit, yeah, and um, and we can all function in the ministry of inner healing or all kinds of healings, yeah. But some ways in which we have a special calling or gifting, yeah. And I had a person pray over me, and they said, "Joe, you have a gift for healing broken hearts," hmm. and that just you know. I, then I embraced that, and yeah, then I kept, I kept learning about it, and still learning. Yeah, well, and isn't it too that. Like you said earlier, you alluded to um, it's through our wounds that we experience some of the greatest intimacy with God and healing. And it's also through our wounds that a lot of times we find the thing that we're going to be, that is going to be our gift and how we we do um, expand the kingdom and how we do impact, you know, the woman at the well. um, And that that intimate conversation with Jesus that, you know, he, he could have gone and preach to that town on his own, but he chose to have an encounter with this woman. And then she was able to carry that and go spread the things that she received. Right. So it's like the things that we're able to receive freely receive, freely give. And And, and I like her way of being an evangelist. I think people are afraid of the word evangelism. Yeah. And all she did was tell her story. Absolutely. I met this person. You got to meet him. Yeah. (laughs) He knew everything about me. (laughs) Come see him. So we, that's what we do. We, we share our story, what God's doing and intimacy we have or whatever it is. Yeah. In a way, every day I wake up, okay, Lord, what are you going to teach me? Yeah. Today I get to meet this beloved follower of Jesus. Yeah. Gina and, uh, and grow together. Yeah. It's good. It would be boring, right? I know, right? (laughs) I don't want to be bored. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah, it is an adventure, right? And one of the things in my podcast, these little themes Mm. pop up in different different seasons. In the last season, in season two, it was a lot about God was really, in my life, teaching me a lot about expectation and how to have great Mm. expectation but not impose my design on that expectation, Right, how to how to hold on to hope for the things mm. that God is moving and working and redeeming and restoring, but surrendering that the road to that yeah. and that process. And one of the things that's fascinating as well to me and what God really showed me, especially you know talking about father wounds and yes. all that, is that it's okay that it's a journey. Yeah. 
Yes. Like it's it's the the layers of an onion. God in his grace yes. will take us as deep as, as weak that is good and healthy for us yeah. and in his loving kindness will take yeah. us so far. And then, you know, maybe a few years later something else will bubble to the surface. I think mm. the enemy will come in with accusation at that point, like what's wrong with you? You should be over that by now. Mm. But it's actually God's grace and his love and his kindness that's going, okay, there's a little bit more. Let's mm-hmm. just go a little bit deeper. Um, and I experienced that. And it, and it's funny, kind of the banner that we wave and the drum that we bang when we receive our, our, our healing and we encounter something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm one of my banners is we're sons and daughters. <laughs> God is a living father, you know, all that. Yeah. And and yet, you know, at 46 or 7, you know, what? four or five years ago, I had been in a prayer um, conference that I had gone to with a friend and the Lord in that moment, someone in a prayer team came out and ministered over the the room and somebody came up to me and he put his hand on me, prayed and knelt down and said, you know, um, there's men that have hurt you and you need Uh. to forgive them. And And I remember at the time, and I've told this story before on the podcast, but at the time it was like, you don't know me, you know, like, I was like, I have a great relationship with my husband or whatever. And then, and then names started popping up. And at that time for me, it was, um, people maybe I'd worked with in ministry or it mm. wasn't, it didn't have to do with my father. It had to do with just other things and pain and that I was carrying. And I didn't, I didn't, I knew that there was hurt there. I didn't, I didn't feel bitterness, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I, that unforgiveness was still there. So God brought me through that. Well, probably a good six months later. I was sitting in the service and Chris Veenan, who is from South Africa and just carries the heart of the father in a really powerful way, was a guest speaker. And he was teaching on God as father and powerful message. And I remember sitting in the service and praying for my other friends who, you know, we all have different levels of absent fathers, Mm -hmm. things I'm praying for my friends and stuff. And then towards the end of the message, the Lord brings back to mind that moment at that conference and that, that there are men that have hurt you. And I was like, we dealt with that, right? <laughs> I'm sitting in the front row. I'm on staff. I'm like the program director of the morning. And I'm, I'm like having this conversation with the Holy Spirit going, but we're, we're good. We're good. We're good, right? You know? And then I, I still have the piece of paper. I had a little note card and I wrote down, is there more? Show me. Hmm. And not 10 seconds later, I'm just sobbing in the front row, just a mess, you oh, know? Yeah. And I'm like, what's happening? You know, embarrassed. I'm like kind of pulling my hair down. Like I can't, you know, and I, and I'm trying to figure this out and I, I don't know where it's coming from. And then Chris had ended his message. Worship had started and then he got back up and he kind of had a word, a couple of words for the room. And one was for a man who was maybe in a prodigal situation. Mm. And he said, there's a woman or women in this room that were, felt unwanted or were unwanted. Mm. And as soon as he said unwanted, I lost it. Yeah. I was just a mess. And I was looking around. My husband was not there. He was playing at another church that morning. Mm. Um, my friend and brother Justin was leading worship. Couldn't talk to him. The pastor Chris Venom was ministering to people mm. and I like didn't know where to go. And I kind of, scurried out and went up to my office and in the middle of the church offices by myself, no one there, I walked to my office, I put something down and I came out and I, it, I just blurted out, I, I need to forgive my dad. And so I stood there by myself, just sobbing and forgiving my dad. And I, you know, it's so funny because I, 
I mm. processed when I was sitting there and I, I wrote on that note, you know, Lord, is there more? Show me. It was almost like, you know, when people talk about their life flashing before their eyes, it was mm. like all these moments of the Lord processing my mom, forgiving my mom, you know, all this stuff and even forgiving my dad. But there was, there was this, this mountain of forgiveness and mm-hmm. that I never actually faced. And, and I had to deal with that quick moment of shame and like, Gina, mm. you're 47, eight years old. You're a leader. You're, you, you teach this what's yeah. wrong with, you know? And, but I had to turn away from that voice and turn towards uh, the invitation. Yeah. Right. Because that's where the healing and the, the freedom and the restoration yeah. and the yeah. redemption. And little did I know that a year later, I'm going to get emotional. Yeah. Take your time. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, Gina. That my dad in his journey of Alzheimer's. And God called me out of my job, and I started driving down once a week mm. just to get him out of the house and to take him to lunch. And over the course of this seemingly horrific disease that was starting to rob him mm. of himself, I was receiving a dad in the middle of that. Oh, wow. And re- getting restoration of that relationship and redemption in that relationship and I have more relationship in the last three years of that journey of him Hmm. being in the most vulnerable place of being able to change his diapers and put him to bed and um, answer the same question 50 times Mm. and um it's all part of it. Right. And I think that again, that goes back to that great expectation and that trust and belief that God is who he says he is, that he came as in Isaiah 61 to bring good news, to open prison doors, to set the captives free, to bring oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he has come Mm -hmm. and he is going to accomplish these things, that in him, all his promises are yes and amen. But the journey to those, we need to surrender and trust that it, you know, um, Versus like all things work together for good for those who love him and are called mm. according to his purpose. And we, we, we repeat those like a parrot and sometimes even flippantly. And we hurt each other with those verses, but it's, it's in true. moments like this where you go, oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it is. You know, that's, that's what redemption is. It's messy. It's excruciating. It's hard. It's, it requires something of you. Mm-hmm. It requires surrender, it requires letting go. But the the beauty in it, mm. the um, the power in it, um, is phenomenal. Yeah. So I bless the healing, Gina. Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. has done it's so good. Yeah. And I bless your heart to say, please forgive me, Lord, and I forgive. And I I would just also say I apologize to you for any way, you know, in leadership too. You were not received as a woman. And I want to apologize to women who, for their dads, 
may never apologize. Yeah. And, uh, just on behalf of them, mm. ask for forgiveness. And you, Spirit gave you that grace to forgive. Yeah. Sometimes the hardest thing to forgive is ourselves. So that's a part of yeah, healing of abuse, one. too. Yeah, so good. But yesterday I was with, actually it was Sunday, a small group, and um, a woman shared how she was shamed, really shamed by her parents. Hmm. And so in the middle I just said, I said her name, I want to, I apologize to you for all the shaming, and it's so wrong. She started to tear up. Uh, so, well, one thing you did is that you forgave out of the pain, mm, I think. Yeah. Sometimes we forgive just to stop the pain because it hurts so much. Mm, it's good. So the healing is deeper if it can be in the memory and realizing, oh, this really hurt. Yeah. Uh, I forgave my dad for dying part of my healing as a way of releasing him. Uh, I mean, obviously he didn't intend to do that. And it was just releasing him to the Father. Yeah, it's good. And uh, it it was helpful in the healing process. I think um, this is such a big deal because our ability to receive healing for those things so radically impacts our ability to receive from God the Father, to receive his love, to hear his voice, um, to respond to him. And I think that it's important, too, to note that we live in a broken world. Humans are imperfect. The Mm -hmm. best father is going to inflict wounds. So I think there's also a, a part of kind of shame if I had an amazing dad I don't dare admit that I have a wound from him yeah. because that is somehow betrayal and so I want to say that that's not what this is about this isn't about accusation this isn't about punishment this is about recognizing those things in us what is a stronghold a stronghold is uh, when we partner with we come into agreement with a lie, something that is contrary yeah. to what God says about who he is and what God yeah. says about who we are. And those oftentimes are set up as self-protection mechanisms. Like we, we grow up in experience and things happen yeah. and don't happen, or we are disappointed or we're hurt or we're violated in some way. And we set up these, these walls and we go, okay, that's, you're not safe. Hmm. Therefore God's not safe. You're, this is hard or whatever it case. And we, we build these little strongholds and they're, they're, they're meant for self-protection. The problem is the very thing that we're trying to construct to protect us can also be the thing that's keeping us from the greatest healing, and that's yeah. Jesus. And when it's like we um, we have the authority to tear down all those high things that have been exalted against the knowledge mm-hmm. of God, right? But it requires us to recognize them and identify that they're there to begin with. Um, and I think that's a an important thing to know that it's okay to say you've been hurt Mm -hmm. even by an amazing loving dad Mm -hmm. who just did the best he could exactly and to forgive that and and receive that healing and move Mm -hmm. on it doesn't require a big confrontation or saying going up to Mm -hmm. he doesn't he probably doesn't even need to know it's more for your own exactly between you and god going i didn't realize that Mm -hmm. this was here and i need to i need to deal with this Mm -hmm. so that i can come closer to you, God. And I think part of your healing also is that you blessed your dad big time by mm. caring for him. Mm. Yeah. So when you bless, we bless our fathers. 
or bless all the goodness that's in them. Or, yeah. and, um, but w- I shared on that Healing the Wounds uh, podcast that we we have wounds, and, the, and with the wound comes the lie. Yeah. And then we, when we make vows, which yeah, is I have good. to or I'll never, I'll never need love, I'll never be like my dad, or I have to be strong, I'm on my own. And then they become, these vows are agreements with a the lie, they become strongholds. Yeah. If we look to them rather than Jesus. But they helped us survive. Yeah. When we didn't know as a little one. and But the strongholds need spiritual power, I think, sometimes, and just be renounced. I break the power of that stronghold of, I have to be strong or I'll never trust. Mm, and, that's good. And there is healing for a trust. I think one healing is a, a broken truster. Yeah. Even to trust God and to trust ourselves or, or others. And so that's just another way to describe what healing is, inner healing is. Yeah. We stop living from the heart when we are wounded. Yeah. Just to survive. And, and maybe close our hearts. Anyway, we close our hearts and we need forgiveness for that. But when Jesus heals, it's like it brings to life the part of us that stopped living. Yeah. And we learn to good. live from the heart that Jesus gave us. Mm, it's good. And uh, I'm so grateful for the, all the ways that I've seen Jesus do that for people and for me and for you. Yeah. What a gift forgiveness is. Yeah. And, yeah. And how you allowed yourself to be broken, I mean, or to feel how broken your heart was, what you missed out on. And yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, you you just kind of briefly went through what you did in the webinar. I did, um, yeah. Talking about uh, the wounds and the lies that we believe and then vows. Can you just unpack that a little deeper? Because there yeah. might be some... You know, if if you haven't been in in certain streams right. of spiritual community, that the, all of that is brand new language. And wait, what is that? Yeah. So could you just kind of unpack that a little bit? I'd be glad to. You think of a radio station or a TV station. It says W L V S: wounds, lies, vows, and strongholds. So the the wound is whatever wound of absence, things I missed out on, necessary things, good things. Like we don't have perfect parents, so um, the wound of absence is harder to identify in a way. Yeah, it's if we good. remember if somebody hit us. Yeah. But if I didn't get it, I don't even know I needed it. So, yeah. but the lie of the wound, the big lie is I'm on my own, hmm. and that means I have to protect myself. Yeah. And maybe in different ways I have to survive with no protection. Some other lies are. Something my fault. That's the big one. Something's wrong with me is the lie of shame. Yeah. Um, and these are false beliefs, and and so how do I handle that pain? Yeah. That I'm all all alone. Yeah. And things become a trauma to us when we feel like we're all alone. Yeah. We can go through suffering and it's not traumatic, but if I'm all alone, that can be a trauma too. Yeah. And we call it absence traumas, trauma A's, and then there are B traumas where I've had bad things happen to me. Hmm. All kinds of abuse, the spiritual, emotional, physical, mental, even satanic ritual abuse. Yeah. And so those, and then there's some huge lies that go with abuse. And, uh, and what I do then to survive believing those false beliefs, the lies, 
is that I make a vow, which is an agreement with a lie. And two things, the way you can make a vow, I have to. I have to be strong. Yeah, it's good. I have to protect myself. I have to pretend it doesn't hurt. I have to hide. Uh, and I'll never, I know a pastor, he made a law, I will never need to be loved. Hmm. And um, I'll never trust a man. Or I'll never be like my father or my mother. That's yeah, a big one. That's a big one, huh? Yeah. And then biblically, Matthew 6, Jesus said, don't judge, because if you judge, you'll become like whatever you judge. Yeah, it's good. So we need to deal with those judgments and the go with the vow. But, and so the, the vow can become a stronghold that helped me survive as a little child or whenever, but I didn't know how to go to Jesus, so I'm depending on myself yeah. as a vow to, yeah. to save myself, protect. I run to the vow. So then it become like a stronghold that holds me. Yeah, it's and good. So then it needs to be renounced and break the power of that vow and any spirits attached to it. Different ways you pray, but you don't just say, "Please leave." Take authority over. Take it. authority over it, and yeah. that's so powerful because what's interesting and what I think we don't understand is that when we have those things and those vows and those things, we bring them into our relationship with God and we bring them into that place. And so maybe we go along our Christian journey and it could, we could be living believers in the church for 20 years, mm-hmm. but there's these constant walls we hit in or this yeah. p- pattern that we find ourselves certain weaknesses and we don't connect the two because I had a very similar thing. You know, I, I grew up, with you know both my parents were alcoholics but neither they weren't married my mom was a cocktail waitress my dad was a lounge singer and it was just very crazy things so my rebellion against that was i will never be an alcoholic i will never make a fool of myself i will never use credit cards i will never smoke Mm. i will you know all those things and they became like a pride like and i became the caretaker of everybody and the Mm. peacemaker of everybody and when Mm. i met Jesus when I was 12 and I got saved, then I had a a new reason to not do those things, but I was still kind of waving that banner. Mm. And I remember a dear friend of mine, I don't remember at what point where he's, he was saying, there's a banner over your head that you're waving that Jesus didn't put there. It's time for you to put that down and ask him to show you the banner he's, he's got over you. And, and those are those moments that when we can finally come to terms with and recognize mm-hmm. those vows and we can actually let go of those and let him in, that really powerful transformation can happen. Yeah, because we write a story, a script, kind of how we're going to survive, Yeah, a narrative. And so you, Jesus is giving us a new story. Mm. It is important that we not start with a vow we go back, start with the wound, make sure that Jesus, yeah. we experience Jesus' presence and memory and see where he is and sometimes ask him, Jesus, what are the lies I believe? Yeah. And uh, in my life was I'll be abandoned like I was as a son, yeah. a seven-year-old son. And I don't have what it takes to be a man. The fathers give that to daughters too. You, have, you, you can do this. You have what it takes to be a woman mm, and, and to be all that God's called you to be a woman and a man. So I, we need that spoken to our hearts. Um, yeah. For me, it was a wound of absence. Yeah. Some more. One of the ways the Lord healed it to me was for me to say that seven-year-old boy, Joey, you are supposed to have a dad. Mm. Yeah. And just to validate yeah. how big that was. 
Yeah, and, good. I, and I see seven-year-old boys sometimes, and I say, oh, that's what you know my life would have been like. Yeah, it's good. And all that helps me. I do find it very simple. The way to pray is we start with a memory where we felt loved. Yeah. And we don't start with the trauma. Yeah, it's, it's important that we start with a positive memory when we pray, grateful, appreciations, and then invite Jesus to take us to the memory for healing. Going over this kind of fast, but... We've learned that if we get into a traumatic memory and we feel, I don't see Jesus there. If he yeah. was there, he would have stopped it. Yeah, it's good. So then uh, we can go to that positive memory. Let's talk to Jesus about it there. Yeah. And tell him, ask him why, or if you have some feelings, you tell Jesus in a memory where we feel safe. Yeah. And then maybe he'll take us back to the trauma, but can do all the healing in that positive memory. We may have to have you back for another episode <laughs> to go through some of that. Um, I would love for you just to pray over our listeners and, mm. and bless them, if you wouldn't mind. I'd be glad to. Just take a moment. And I just want to encourage you that you're listening. There's a lot has been covered and touched on, and it it may be bringing some things to the surface. Mm. There, the Holy Spirit may be tapping you on the shoulder and going, hey, it's time. Hmm. And um, you might be a little scared and not sure what to do at this point. So I just want to encourage you to just breathe deep and know that Jesus loves you. He's with you. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. So have grace for yourself. And remember that anything, any thoughts that come into your heart and your mind that are contrary to the heart of the Father, mm. the things that Jesus says about who He is and about who you mm. are, those are not His voice. No. So even if they are familiar, because it's a tape that's been playing in your mm. head before, try to resist that and move towards the truth. And when Joe's done praying, I'll point you guys to some resources. But right mm-hmm. now, just if you can, if you're not in your car, <laughs> close your eyes. And just take a deep breath and just uh, receive right now, because I know I am. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I've learned to do the deep breathing. Have you taught your listeners that? You know, you breathe through your nose. It's like you're smelling a nice bowl of soup. (laughs) And then you blow on it because it's too hot. So if you just breathe through your nose a couple breaths, we won't do it long. And breathe, blow out slowly. Breathe through your tummy, your abdomen. The word for breath in Hebrew was ruach, and it means spirit. So we're breathing in the life of the spirit. And I bless now the presence of God in your heart, wherever you are. Jesus is Emmanuel, he's with you, he's always with you. You may not know it, and we missed it because we didn't even know to look for him. So I just, you could pray this prayer out loud or silently. I open my heart to you, Jesus. Help me to be aware of your presence with me right now. And we notice uh, kind of what our first thought is when we look for Jesus, a presence. Sometimes we know we're not, just someone's here, I'm not alone. And 
Sometimes we can picture him because he's Emmanuel. And we invite you to just pray a grateful prayer to Jesus. Be grateful for his presence, his love. And anything else you're grateful for, you're grateful for today in your life. grateful for a memory, you want to share a memory of Jesus that you're grateful for. And then if you like, you could find a happy memory, a grateful memory with your dad. If not, maybe a grandpa. Or a teacher or a friend you can't find one with your dad, it would be good to be in that memory and be aware of where you are and relive it a little bit and start telling Jesus he's with you as you prayed to ask him to be with you, be with you in that memory. of being loved by someone and tell Jesus what you're grateful for. Especially if it was from your father or grandpa. Or another person. And then ask Jesus, what do you want me to know? When I asked Jesus, what he wants me to do, then I pay attention to my first thoughts when I ask him that. Maybe an impression. Maybe just the first thought you have. And then tell Jesus what you your response, what you want to say to him, you're grateful for, what he said to you, or the impression you had. And anything else, Jesus, you want to say or do for me today in my life, or say in that memory. Check out if he wants to say, I love you. I did this prayer once and I heard Jesus say, I did not abandon you when your father died. And I believed him. So I'm gonna just go to a prayer of blessing. I bless you for the daddy's love today. Father's love. I bless all the ways that your dad loved you. And your mother loved you too. 
Come Holy Spirit and pour the love of the Father, Romans 5. Holy Spirit pours the Father's love into our hearts. I tell your heart, be loved now by the Father, our Heavenly Father. Receive Father's love. I pray that Jesus will be be close to you today, all day long. He loves you all day long. That's my answering machine. It says the Father loves you all day long. Holy Spirit, come. Be our best friend. Comfort, strengthen us. And today, I also, every year, around this time of the year, for 49 years as a pastor, I would bless people's immune system. So I tell your immune system to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Be strengthened. I bless your healthy cells to be strong. I especially tell your immune system to be strengthened to fight and overcome any harmful cells. And I bless you with peace and joy, the joy of knowing Jesus is always glad to be with you. He knows your name. I'm glad to be with you and I bless you with presence of peace in your life. Sense that God's got it at work, God's going to take care of you. At the right time and the right place, He's going to be just what you need for Him. Bless you that peace. Receive the peace and joy and love of God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you you and keep you protect you the lord be gracious to you and make his face to shine upon you you're his favorite special to him the lord turn his face to you the father's face is always turned toward you we give you his favor bless you with peace jesus is with you beside you around you and behind you within you he is with you in your coming and your going, your sleeping and your eating. Every time, day, every moment of your life, He's with you and He is for you. God is for you. There's a great song, The Blessing. God is for you. He's for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Papa Joe. You're welcome. It's been an honor to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. I hope that you were able to receive that blessing, to receive just the love, a hug from God, that you are his boy, you are his girl, that you are seen, that you are known, that you are loved, uh, that you are cared for, that you're covered, that you're surrounded, that you have a good father who is for you, not against you. He's with you. He hasn't abandoned you. You can reach out to Joe yourself if you'd like through Facebook, Heart of the Father Ministry, and Joe Johnson. You can search him. If you can't find him, Joe Johnson's kind of a common name. <laughs> you can go to my Facebook and search my friends because we're friends, and you can find him that way. And hey, share this episode with a friend that you think needs to receive a healing touch from the Lord in these areas. 
Hey, I would love to hear from you. You can click the link in the episode notes and just email me. I would love to hear what God's doing in your life. If you would like to support Sacred Space and other projects from Stockton Ministries, would you consider donating to help support us? We are a nonprofit 501c3. It's all tax deductible. You can follow the link in the episode notes or visit GinaStockton.com and click the donate button. I hope you have an amazing week and God bless you.